Hello, and welcome to our podcast, Within the Mist, a hidden place where we tell stories and then analyze the likes of cryptids, ghosts, and other mysteries for our and hopefully your amusement. I am your host, Gary, with my perfectly perfumed wife and co-host, Goldie Ann. Hello. Hello, Goldie Ann. I'm guessing that compliment doesn't quite work well since I don't have any sense of smell. Thank goodness. Yes. So to our very first listeners, I want to say welcome and hope you enjoy Within the Mist. It's been quite an amazing learning experience for me writing, editing, and recording the show. And I hope you enjoy it with many more to come. I'm also sure I will get better at this as time goes on. Oh, wait, you don't sound bad right now. You sound good. <laughs> we also created entries on various social media sites, so check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search for Within the Miz Podcast. We have also have an email now if you'd like to write to us directly with some of your own stories. Just send your emails to podcast at gmail.com. Now, we don't claim to be experts in any field, so you are more storytellers who have gathered information on some of our favorite mysteries to bring to you. Therefore, if you came to this podcast to hear irrefutable proof of the existence of the paranormal, we're going to apologize now to disappoint. But if you came to be entertained, then turn down the lights and let us tell you about some of the most fascinating stories with our own two cents on what they mean. Here in the Florida Everglades, there is full of life, but there are also shadows amongst the tall grass, as there is said to live a large, shaggy man-beast. This week, we're going to take a look at the Florida's own Bigfoot, known for its terrible smell as the skunk ape. <laughs> there have been many... Sorry. Why is it so funny? Ah. Nothing. I was going to say something. No, I just keep thinking of man bear pig. Not exactly one of the types of names that I'm familiar with for the skunk ape. If you're not a fan of the term skunk ape, there are a bucket full of other aliases that this guy utilizes. Also known as the swamp cabbage man, swamp ape, stink ape, Florida Bigfoot, Louisiana Bigfoot. I, what? Yeah, it's, uh, some of the grounds in which uh, the skunk ape has been seen it actually extends over into Louisiana. Ah, interesting. Yes. There is still some other names to include the Mayaka ape, swamp squatch, and the Mayaka skunk ape. The Florida Everglades is a subtropical wetland spanning 2 million acres across central and south Florida. During the wet season, Lake Okeechobee overflows, releasing water into a very slow-moving, shallow river dominated by the sawgrass marsh. As a bonus trivia, this is no dubbed the River of Grass. The Everglades is internationally known for its extraordinary wildlife with more than 360 bird species in the Everglades National Park alone. The area also is home to the larger animals, such as the black bear and its most endangered animal, the Florida panther, with fewer than 100 individuals now surviving. Both alligators and crocodiles live in these vast wetlands and are sometimes mistaken for each other. And with all of this life, the Everglades makes a great area for the skunk ape to call home. Stories about the skunk ape go as far back as the Native American legends. Dang. Before Disney. Before Disney. Cool. 
These speak of giants living among the Kissimmee River and are known as the Sand People or the Mangrove People. The Native Americans would warn not to stray into the wetlands which were the home of the legendary people of enormous size and strength that only wanted to be left alone and avoided the outside world. But it doesn't ever run after them or chase after them? I do have some stories about uh, encounters with the skunk ape and then I'll let you decide if who is chasing who. These legends claimed that there may be whole tribes of skunk apes existing as nomads following the game trails of early Florida. These legends of hidden giants persisted as settlers moved into the area. As the Europeans began clearing land for their homes and farms, they encountered burial sites of these mangrove and sand people. Word of the strange discoveries would make headlines of the Kissimmee's first newspapers, and those would spread beyond the Sunshine State. Will Wallace Harney wrote a monthly letter from the Florida column for the Cincinnati Commercial in Ohio. These detailed the discovery of gigantic human bones that were found within an ancient mound at Cypress Lake. Wow. It was common for reports of new bones being discovered. A very early prominent historical account is that of Henry Tanner, an early pioneer in Orange County who built his first home on Lake Apopka before Florida was even a state. He told about finding Indian graves on the St. John's River with skeletons as big as giants and skulls that would fit over a normal man's head. Wow, that's proof if you ask me. Now, why people would wear skulls on top of their heads, I'm not here to judge. Uh-huh. But... These early reports of the skunk ape were more about giant men than hairy creatures. The human giants did not turn into their more beastly versions until the middle of the 20th century. One of the earliest versions of the hairy hominid encounter occurred in 1957. An experienced hunter had set up his camp on the fringes of the Everglades, and he had planned to spend a couple of days tracking and hunting the wild boar that frequented the wetlands during the late autumn. This was when the land was drier. This was a common event for him, so he was quite comfortable being alone for the trip and enjoyed the connection with nature. With rifle in hand, he made his way from camp in the late afternoon while he still had plenty of light, onto a discovered game trail that held a great promise of attaining his prize. With excitement, he heard gruff noises ahead of him in the tall grass, so he began to move stealthily forward hoping to achieve his hunt. When he turned a quarter of the game trail, it was not a boar that he had stumbled across, but what he described as, what looked like a bear squatting. But then, the thing slowly stood up to a staggering height of about eight feet. The hunter was too startled by the appearance of this enormous creature that it did not even register for him to raise his rifle against it. The creature was also startled by the appearance of the man, but darted from the opening in the grassland into the dark thicket beyond, with the lowering sunlight reflecting off the eyes showing a yellow-orange glow like the eyes of a wild animal. The hunter was too frightened not to follow the creature, and so he ran back to his truck. He remained hidden in his truck throughout the night, unsure of the whereabouts of the beast, but surrounded by loud howling noises that broke up in the middle of the night. The sounds of wood banging against wood. 
So that's the sound in Blair Witch Project. <laughs> so you're going to try, are you gonna, now going to try the Blair Witch with a skunk ape? Maybe. Okay. I don't think they mention anything about smell, the smelly Blair Witch, but. True. Okay. He discovered the cause of the noises he had heard the next morning as he returned to his camp to find that the ape had followed the hunter and trampled through all of his belongings and equipment. Without hesitation, he pulled down his campsite, but with one eye on the thickets around him. The hunter had soon packed up his truck to quickly escape the Everglades with no wild boar, but a fantastic story to share, which may have been even better for him. The incident with the boar hunter may have become an isolated incident if not for the event two years later in 1959 when three Boy Scouts had their own encounter with the skunk ape. The boys were experienced campers and enjoyed activities and lessons learned during their membership with the National Boy Scouts. They were practiced in survival and woodland safety and especially as they had their camp set up within the relative safety of the Ocala National Forest. However, the three boys began to hear noises within the forest that they could not identify, and as darkness closed in, they began to keep closer to their camp and eyes focused on the darkness around them. Nothing occurred for hours, and the need for sleep soon took its toll on them as they began to finally adjust to the night and prepare to go to sleep. With a All of a sudden, the creature waddled its way into the light of the campfire. Confused by the fire and the three boys, the creature roared at them, sending the boys into a panic, racing down the trail from their campsite to the nearby forestry station. In between gasping breaths, the three boys finally managed to tell their story of how they had been chased from their camp by a big hairy monster. The Boy Scouts' descriptions were all the same. The thing had a human face, but the body of an ape, and the scouts obviously would never tell a lie. That's true. It's uncertain who created the name of Skunk Ape, but it appeared to have taken hold sometime during the numerous sightings of the shaggy creature during the 1960s. It was during this period in a sparsely populated area near Hollywood, Florida, which is located on the fringes of the Everglades, a man was driving along the dark highway near midnight. Because of the overcast nature of the sky, it was not until his headlights came upon it that he noticed something climbing out of the drainage ditch on the side of the road. The driver slowed down as he approached it, believing at first it to be a man in the middle of the road and may have possibly be in need of help. However, as the car inched closer, he discovered that the man was actually covered in long, shaggy fur. Though shorter than usually described eight feet, the driver recognized what he was seeing as a skunk ape, or at least an adolescent skunk ape. He saw the creature was no more than five feet tall but with long arms and a round head about 50 yards away. It was covered in dark fur and had no observable fa facial features. The skunk ape seemed confused by the headlights coming from the car or by the rumbling sounds of the engine. But as it wobbled its way... Right? Mm, so that's a drunk skunk ape. Um, well, there is swamp gas out there, so if... <laughs> If, if he's succumbing to the swamp gas, he might have a little bit of a wobble to his walk. Regardless of that, the creature seemed to reconsider its situation with the car and the driver and quickly darted back into the drainage ditch to disappear from view. Drivers seem to always have an affinity of finding the skunk ape. In fact, late one evening in November of 1966, a woman who was driving on a remote country road near Brooksville, Florida, 
happened to have a flat tire. She pulled over to the side of the road and placed the car in park. As it was a relatively empty stretch of road, she did not see anyone else driving in either direction and resolved to having to recover the spare from her trunk and change her tire. Hey, my good woman. At first, she ignored the foul odor flooding the air, believing a skunk was nearby. Right. Now, I'm not sure if my lack of an ability to smell would be a benefit to me or it might be a hindrance because... Yeah, she wouldn't know when to run. It, well, exactly. So, so I could run and they'd get you instead. So if I'm ever in a Florida swamp, basically what you're saying is if you run, I run. No. If I run, just just take pictures. Take pictures. I will, I will get the <laughs> best pictures possible as I'm getting trampled. Thank okay. you. Thank you. As she was kneeling at the tire and with her back to the road, she heard heavy footsteps on the opposite side of the road. She was unable to determine the source of the footsteps. She had just completed changing the tire when she stood up to turn to the sounds of the footsteps. And there, she saw a seven-foot-tall, human-like creature standing on the other side of the road. The creature was covered in fur and she nearly screamed in a panic as the thing before her on the opposite side of the road stood on two legs, with a face similar to a man, but covered in shaggy, dark fur. She believed that the creature weighed at least 400 pounds. It never took its eyes off the woman, who seemed frozen in fear with tire iron in hand. The skunk ape simply displayed an interest in what she was doing and crouched beside the road to watch. Her mind raced as whether she could make it to her car door and climb inside to whatever safety the car offered against such a monstrous ape creature. It was at that moment of her decision that another vehicle came along the desolate road towards the pair and caused the skunk ape to vanish within the swamp. It was several moments before the woman could regain her wits and make it back to into her car and race off from the spot as quickly as she could. In February of 1971, there was a group of scholars in anthropology who were digging at an Indian burial mound deep in the Big Cypress Swamps. This is one of the most isolated areas of Florida. Though the story never says which college or university these people come from. Right. Was UCF back then? <laughs> I don't know. Go Knights! During the dig, the men were making discoveries of the Indian tribes that made the area part of their tribal lands many centuries ago. The work was enlightening, but all the digging left them exhausted when they returned to their camp for the night. And it was during one such night, as the five academics were just finishing their dinner meal and preparing to turn in for another early start to their work, when a skunk ape actually attacked their camp. The creature went about the entire site, pulling down their tents and scattering much of the equipment used for the digging. Many of the artifacts that had been discovered were broken by the onslaught, and the men rushed from the location to group together on the outskirts of their campsite. The skunk ape did not even seem to notice the scholars and continued to trash around the tent until it eventually grew bored and rambled back into the darkness without any further incidents. The creature was described as a large biped primate without a neck and being seven to eight feet tall, about 700 pounds, and covered with shaggy white fur. White. So this, that's weird. I, I agree. This is one of the rare uh, stories where the, 
Skunk Ape isn't brown, orangish, or black. He's This one is white. The team also discovered footprints the next morning that took measurements of 18 inches long by 11 inches wide. Just that's big. That's more than eight feet tall. Well, that's just his footprints. I know, that's what I mean. It's got his, just for his feet to be, let's see, here's a, and you're going to tell me that he's. I didn't say his feet were proportional to the rest of him. I'm just saying he had big feet. Okay. They complained about a sickening odor that persisted at the dig site even after the creature left, which is typical of other encounters. That's all they complained about? Yeah, that was, I mean, not that their stuff was broken. (laughs) Or, you know, he... They're scholars. Give them a break. Maybe they're not from UCF. Maybe they're from... I don't know. Careful what you say. I was going to say, I can't say... Yeah, you'll get in trouble. I can't say UF because that's my favorite. Go Gators. It was also during the early 1970s that brought one of the biggest supporters to the legend of the existence of the skunk ape, Dave Sheely. Dave had spent over 30 years hunting for the elusive skunk ape in the Everglades. Attempting to bring awareness of the existence of the creature, he has been on multiple shows such as Unsolved Mysteries, Discovery Channel, and interviewed by the Smithsonian Magazine. He is considered a local celebrity who supports the Everglades tourism and the evidence of the reality of the skunk ape's existence. He created the official Skunk Ape Research Center in Ochope, Florida. At this facility, tourists can visit evidence obtained of the skunk ape, take tours into the Florida wildlands, and even spend the night at a campsite. I would so be up for a night camping to the sounds of skunk apes in midnight. I don't think that's snakes and gators. Yeah, but (laughs) the skunk ape would eat those. Oh, that's true. Dave Sheely had gotten his first personal experience with the skunk ape when he was only 10 years old. And it was in 1974, and only a couple years after his father had come upon a set of footprints left by the creature. It was on one afternoon as Dave was out deer hunting with his older brother Jack in the swamps behind his house. They were walking along the trails in what is now known as Big Cypress National Preserve, when his brother stopped him and motioned for him to remain quiet. It was walking across the swamp, and my brother spotted it first. But I couldn't see it over the grass. I wasn't tall enough, Dave told of his experience years later. My brother picked me up and I saw it about a hundred yards away. We were just kids, but we had heard about it and knew for sure what we were looking at. It looked like a man, but was completely covered with hair. Both boys watched the creature quietly some distance away, amazed at what they saw until an afternoon rain shower poured down on Skunk Ape and the boys alike. The Skunk Ape speedily made its way into the cypress hummocks surrounded by the marsh, and the boys went back down the trail they had come. Dave stated, I finally saw that damn thing, and it got away just like that. That's how he, that's how he, he put it. He was 10 years old. I think that's a pretty good age to start seeing that. I've never seen one. Wow. Well, you haven't been out in the swamps yet. Shh. Don't blow my cover. Now in 1974, in Hialeah Gardens, the police department were called in to send a helicopter to search along a section of Highway 27. A driver had been traveling along the stretch of the highway, unaware of the existence of the creature watching from its hidden location within a cluster of trees. 
He later described a seven-foot-tall hairy creature darting out from the tall grass along the road in an attempt to cross the highway. With no time to react at this unbelievable situation, the driver crashed into the creature, just grazing it with one corner of his bumper. But this was enough to send the skunk ape tumbling to the other side of the road. The frightened driver said that after hitting the skunk ape, it rose back to its full staggering height to limp back to the car and attack that which had struck it. I'll get you! Yeah, exactly, and you know, shakes his fist at the car. It roared threateningly before satisfied and hobbling off back into the swamps. He reported the incident to the Florida Highway Patrol, who then received enough other calls reported seeing a man-sized creature limping along the highway to warn of having officers in the helicopter get sent out to look for it. One of the police officers involved in the investigation spotted the creature about five miles from where the motorist had struck it. The incident was reported in several newspapers and personnel from both the law enforcement agencies and the newspapers do recall the incident. However, there's no official records concerning the event in existence since no formal charges were filed against anyone. Huh. Which kind of makes the story a little strange because, I mean, okay, your car hits a Sasquatch or a skunk ape. Mm -hmm. How do you explain that to the insurance company? Well, the insurance company would just go and say it was like a cougar or a bear or something and be done with it. Exactly. Because you got to pay for it anyway because no fault. Right. Eyewitness accounts of the skunk gaze continued to be reported in. It grew to such a point that even the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Agency had heard of the creature living in Florida wetlands. So they responded to the reports with a 1977 news release discussing how they would handle the matter if Bigfoot creatures such as the skunk ape turned out to exist. Man, bear pig. No, just man ape. Sorry. Fundamentally, they'd put any such creature on the endangered species list and arrest anyone interfering with it. Okay. Which I guess it would just be another animal. It's not like Area 51. Correct. The state legislator in April of 1977 also had to deal with the continuous sightings of the skunk ape. One member of the legislation introduced a bill, HB 1664, to protect the elusive man-ape, which in part stated, any person taking, possessing, harming, or molesting any anthropoid or humanoid animal, which is native to Florida, popularly known as the skunk ape, or doing any act reasonably capable of harming or molesting such animal. That's not a bad thing. Now, the bill never became a law, but that still hasn't stopped debates about it trying again. We're, we're finally into the 90s. So nothing happened in the 80s. I didn't really find any good stories in the 80s. Oh. I'm pretty sure. Too many people were banging their heads and dancing with the yes, music. Yes, the hard rock age and yeah. uh, the yuppies pretty much. Uh, no one was focusing on skunk right. apes. Music, man, just the music. In a 1997, Paul Schmidt of New Smyrna was filmed in an interview as he described his own encounter with a skunk ape. It seems Paul was out one morning before sunrise delivering newspapers to the rural community of Oak Hill on a route he had performed every morning on numerous occasions without incident. He would drive his pickup truck in and out of the small country roads every morning just as darkness gave way to the sun. 
And it was on a morning like this, however, that he came across what he described as a big human-like beast. He was turning his truck around on a dirt road after completing the deliveries to that portion of his route when the skunk ape appeared out of the shadows into his headlights. It was real big, explained Paul. Is that what Paul sounded like? Yes, I was channeling Paul okay. just, just for your amusement. Just making sure. Okay. The thing had long hair all over. Gray hair. It wasn't a bear either. I couldn't see its face, only the middle part of its body. Paul, being that this is 1997, if you're watching this, I don't condone any of this. Anyway. Paul then went on to describe the classic odor. There was a terrible smell, like rotten cabbage. So bad, I almost gagged. I almost vomited. Ugh, God. Now the funny Which thing- is a swamp. He smells sulfur. Sulfur. Really? Yeah. I think so. I, I would not, did not know that. In Louisiana, I smelled it. Okay. I've never been to a Florida swamp yet. The creature had roared at the delivery man and seemed about to approach before turning back and disappearing back into the woodlands, leaving a frightened Paul shaken. Debunk that one. You can debunk that one? I can debunk that and one. And how are you going to debunk that one? When was Hurricane Andrew? I don't know. That was before I moved here. If it was Hurricane Andrew... Uh, that was 1992. See, so five years later. Yeah, five years later, though, because wasn't there a an ape thing in Florida that Hurricane Andrew destroyed and some of the apes, red, red apes, got out? Or you know what I'm saying. They escaped. No, it didn't work out quite that way. Mm. With a steady determination, on September 8th of 1998, a much older Dave Sheely was rewarded with his second sighting of the elusive swamp ape. Okay. He had a tree stand set up for his frequent attempts to watch for the creature and was perched up in that tree and half asleep under the Florida sun. He was awakened by sounds of something splashing in the water. So rubbing the sleep from his eyes, Dave turned his attention 100 yards away where the noise was coming from. It was at the water's edge that he saw it coming towards him. It was a skunk ape, exactly as the man had remembered him from so many years ago when he saw it as a 10-year-old boy. As it walked by, unaware of being observed, Dave attempted to take several photos of it, watching it disappear into the nearby trees. He left his tree perch and returned later with supplies to make a concrete cast of the creature's footprint which is still in his gift shop at his location today. On June 2nd of 2005, Jerry and his girlfriend Brittany had awoken early to drive into the Everglades as part of a fishing trip. The sun was just beginning to rise in the summer sky and the road was empty of any traffic so early in the day. Approximately a half mile near Ochobe, Florida, Brittany was looking across the fields of the wetlands to enjoy the scenery. She looked to the north side of the road and saw something that startled her. She called over, Jerry, I think I see something. The driver looked immediately to the location that his passenger was pointing to to see a dark shape ahead of them in the field off of the road. As he watched, he saw the creature turn approximately 90 degrees to face the road. It took three steps and then kneeled straight down into the grass, but not like a bear going down on all fours. This creature was actually going down on one knee, 
similar to the way a football player would. All right, who's gonna tackle him? Once kneeling, its head was still visible, slightly exposed above the tall, drying grass. The pair watched the hiding dark brown skunk ape from about 50 yards on the highway and guessed it would to be about 8 feet tall based on the height of the grass it was kneeling behind. Jerry was a 6 foot tall and 200 pounds but Brittany explained to others that she later told of their encounter that he made Jerry look small in comparison. The whole sighting lasted about 10 seconds, considering that the couple were driving around 60 miles per hour on the highway when they spotted the creature. I'm sure you slowed down then. They didn't see it again when Jerry turned the car around for another look, but there was a canal alongside the highway preventing them from crossing over and going to the exact location that they had seen it. Now it's not uncommon for travelers to spot a momentary sighting of the skunk ape. Well, yeah. On the early morning of Labor Day in 2008, a few students decided they would take the car on a road trip across Florida from Miami to Naples with the intention of surfing some of the waves caused by Hurricane Gustav. The boys all gathered their surfboards and crawled into one car for an early 6 a.m. start from the Florida International University traveling west on the Tamiami Trail. They were driving with the windows open and the music blaring. The entire horizon was nothing but sawgrass and the shallow water and large trees at a distance of about a mile off the road. It was the instant smell the witness described as rotten egg or wet dog smell that alerted him to look up and out the window to spot a figure that seemed to be watching them as they drove by. It was during that split moment that he decided that it was not a normal animal he had seen and he leaned towards his passenger side window to get a better look. Upon looking out of the open back seat passenger side window, he immediately noticed the silhouette of the figure, standing next to a sable palm looking at the road. It was about three to five hundred yards away, standing in the tall grass. He knew without a doubt that this creature was definitely not a person. It appeared to be larger than any man, but it was dark was a wide body structure and even from the distance at which the students saw it, it looked like it was covered in fur. The witness realized about 10 seconds after they passed the figure that they, he needed to tell his friends to turn the car around in hopes that they could get a better look. They stopped, drove back to the site, but the dark haired ape was gone. They got down from the car to peer into the field and there was a very strange smell in the air. but. Nothing like they had ever smelled before. Everyone in the car described it as almost like a wet dog that had been covered in rotten eggs. The witness guessed that maybe the creature had crossed the road, heard their car, checked them out, and then it realized it did not like them very much and simply hid from the view. The only witness was in the back seat of the passenger side and nobody else in the car saw the creature. The front seat passenger had been asleep and the driver was simply concentrating on the road, leaving the witness his only his few seconds, but it had left quite an impression on him. Before this experience, the student thought that the stories about Bigfoot were interesting, but he did pl not place much merit into them and he said that he would only believe in such a thing if he ever saw one for himself. But after seeing how remote the Florida Everglades region can be, He's now certain there is a possibility that there is something out there. 
Stories about eyewitness accounts with the skunk ape make for a fascinating mythology to the creature, but it doesn't prove the actual existence of something. The majority of physical evidence is the large tracks left behind by the skunk ape, typically up to about 17 and a half inches and with five toes. Hard physical evidence of the skunk ape is lacking, other than a few questionable plaster casts of the footprints. I was going to say, anyone can make a footprint. Right. They have mud. True. There are other on-site indicators, such as broken branches, a puddle of apparent urine, and uprooted plants. Now, although some hair samples have been found, they were submitted for analysis over the years, but most came back as deer, bear, or the rare unknown. Photographs and videos are the only other bits of physical evidence to support the possibility of the skunk ape being real. However, most are being disputed by experts as possible hoaxes. Previously, I had you watch a couple of videos of right. skunk apes. So now we're going to go and discuss, discuss those. Okay. One of the first publicized pieces of video proof is the July 2000 video taken by Dave Sheely. Although the footage is grainy and shot from hundreds of feet away, and the camera is really very shaky, it does seem to show what appears to be a skunk ape. The creature spends a minute or so wandering amongst the palm trees of the area. Observers of the video will see the creature walking across the open swamp with a long stride to make its way into the cluster of palm trees. Sheely stated that at the time he recorded the video, the ground of the swamp was covered with almost a foot of water, making the creature's speed, which he estimated to be 22 miles an hour, impossible for any human to achieve. Also, if you're going to be, if you're going to have on and you're just a regular man, the water is going to make it even more difficult. If you tried running through knee-deep water in just jeans, I know. that's difficult. And you're going to fall at least once. If you have on a costume, unless you wear that costume day in and day out, you're not going to be able to master running through water with that. Agreed. So Plus it's it, uneven land. I mean, so, the swamp. A link for this video and all the other videos we discuss will be on our Facebook group page. And I would love to hear your opinions on them. The next visual evidence includes two photographs of an alleged skunk ape which were mailed to the Sheriff's Department in Sarasota, Florida just before New Year's of 2000. The photos were reportedly taken by an elderly woman who claimed to snap the images of the creatures she discovered in her backyard in a region close to Mayaka River in the Mayaka State Park. I lived in, down that way for a while. Okay. <clears throat> before I moved to Orlando. Oh, well there you go. In a letter that was included with the photos, she claimed that the creature that she believed to be an escaped orangutan stole apples from a basket on her packed porch during a three-night period. The letter further explained that each time she called the police to her house, the ape would have just fled by the time they arrived. The story behind these photos is very similar to many other urban myths involving the skunk ape. They tell of accounts of an escaped primate. Some skunk ape stories tell of wrecks of circus trains or monkeys fleeing from the destruction into the woods. The photos were being passed around the Sarasota Sheriff's Department and were regarded as a bit of a joke. A member of the Animal Control Division eventually got the photos and contacted David Barkasy at some point. Barkasy was the owner of the now-closed Silver City Serpentarium shop in Sarasota. 
and he had a known interest in mystery animal reports. Barkasy was familiar with the sightings about skunk apes and was intrigued in the possibility that the photos might be genuine, so he contacted cryptozoologist Lauren Coleman. Lauren Coleman is the leading name of American cryptozoology. He has written over 40 books covering many aspects of the subjects and he's well known as a media consultant. He is usually the man you call out when you have supernatural phenomena. And basically, I have a life goal that he will give a like or give us a positive feedback to our podcast. My life would then be very complete. Is this a hint? I think it would be amazing if he actually liked our podcast. Okay. But now back to the photos. Lauren tended to be fairly positive about the photos and with his support, the sheriff's department began to take the case of a loose creature seriously. The sheriff's department created an actual case file on the event and Lauren dubbed the images the Mayaka Ape photographs. He even covered them in his website and had some articles in the Fate and Fortean Times magazine. The images immediately became big news in cryptozoology community and were covered by many news agencies. I have the two images here and I'll share them on our Facebook group. The photos, however, have been reviewed by experts who give both proving and disproving evidence regarding their authenticity. Another supportive piece of video evidence comes from the father and son duo, Stacy Brown Sr. and Stacy Brown Jr. in 2012. The two men were out squatching, squatching, a term used to refer to the act of going out into the woods at night in the hopes of seeing or hearing a Sasquatch, or in the case of this story, a skunk ape. Both had been on various squatching camping trips before and enjoyed being out in the Everglades as much as possible. So on this occasion, they arrived at the camp late after hiking for a mile. So they just planned on taking it easy for the evening after setting everything up. Soon a fire was going and music was playing and they were pretty much just settling down for cooking dinner. Hours passed under the darkened skies and it seemed like it would just be a regular night when the knocks occurred. The knocks are a common occurrence reported in skunk ape encounters as though one creature is hitting a tree branch against the trunk of another tree. The first time they heard the sound of the knocking, they just looked at one another to verify that what they heard was what they heard. But the two just kept on setting up their campsite until they heard the second knocking sound. The sounds were definitive and the two men could clearly tell they were coming from different locations in the woods. It was almost as if the sounds were communicating to each other. Both men decided to go out and try to determine the cause of what was making the noise. The younger, Stacy Brown, turned the radio all the way up in an attempt to disguise the sound of the two men walking down the trail. The father was utilizing a thermal camera able to record with the use of infrared radiation and the son was using a night vision camera. Both made their way as quietly as possible down the path for what seemed about 20 minutes. Although they later admitted it was probably wasn't 20 minutes but that's just what it felt like in the dark. They went out without any lights on believing that whatever was out there couldn't see them coming. Now, the insect noise on a summer evening in Florida can be very loud. So whatever it was that was making the noises in the forest ahead of them that night had to be big in order to drown them out. All right, cicadas were very loud. 
Stacy Sr. utilized his thermal camera to navigate where they were walking until something happened causing him to freeze in his tracks on the trail. He ordered his son to hold up. There was an existence of something on the thermal camera and while he watched the area of darkness ahead of them through the lens, the next thing Stacy Jr. knew was that his father was pushing him back the way they came saying, we gotta go. The two men navigated to the complete darkness, racing back to camp without Stacy Jr. knowing what they were running from. Once the two men had made it back to the safety of their campsite, they had really got the chance to examine their footage. Neither of them could believe what had happened just in front of where they were walking. It was the thermal footage of a man-like creature watching the pair from behind a tree some feet ahead of them before darting across the path and into the foliage. Or a man-bear pig. Or a man-bear pig. This video is considered the best thermal footage of the skunk ape today. An enhanced version of the video has been posted on YouTube, which I'll make sure to share. Yeah. And what did you think of the video? It looked pretty good. And since this experience, Stacy Brown Jr. and his friend Paul Sanson have gone on to publish their own podcast. It focuses on the experiences people have had with the swamp ape. And it has some amazing good interviews that I would highly recommend. There is also a documentary they published with interviews and reenactments called Skunk Ape Lives. So I guess you could say that he's very much committed to the skunk ape existence. Well, yeah, but if it's, you've had first-hand account of something, it's going to become your life's work to prove it. Exactly. I, I agree. The last piece of video evidence I'd like to review is the 2015 McCamey video. Now, in January of 2015, Tampa resident Matthew McCamey and a friend were paddling a canoe through one of the many swampy inlets of Lettuce Lake Park of Florida. The trip was uneventful and both fishermen were just enjoying being on the water until approximately one in the afternoon. That was when they heard a noise accompanied by the tree movement ahead of them. McCamey immediately grabbed his phone and started videotaping in hopes of catching sight of something like a deer, a wild boar, or maybe even a black bear. Initially, it was exciting, and it was like, oh, is that a bear? That's pretty cool, the fisherman said. When we moved up closer, it started to look less and less like a bear. It was at this point of his filming that he could see something beyond the trees, but as he recorded, he was able to get a better look at what they discovered. During his encounter, he began to become more frightened, especially as the creature, which he now realized was not a bear, started really moving. You could tell he was slapping the water, and it looked like maybe he was grabbing something, McCamey related. At the time, I was just thinking, holy shit, what the hell is this? By the time it walked off, my buddy was just like, let's go, let's go now. The friend moved one of the canoe paddles in an attempt to begin paddling away from the skunk ape, making a noise which seemed to catch the hairy individual's attention. Although he didn't know if it was a coincidence, it did start moving because of the noise, and it seemed to know that they were there. When the video cut out was basically because that's where he stopped taping. He just wanted to make sure that they could leave, and he couldn't do both videoing and rowing the boat. McCamey gave a copy of his encounter video to a website called Bigfoot Evidence, who in turn forwarded it to a Phil Pollig, a former Oregon police officer who has his own YouTube channel called Para Breakdown, 
He investigates Bigfoot claims by examining photograph evidence for hoaxes. Pauling, working on a security team for Everett Washington Port Authority, enhanced the video to look for red flags of a hoax. Right. Well, he should be an expert too then. You would think. Even with his years of experience, Pollock wasn't completely convinced the video was a hoax. I came away from this with a distinct impression that I have no idea what it is, Pollock said. It could be a guy in a costume, or it could be the real thing. Wow, that's definitive. As to I thought or not it this looked is great. I mean, in all of the, the background I have, it just, that'd be hard to fake. But yeah, I mean, it's a great one to view. And if you're even slightly of a believer, you're, you're definitely willing to take this at its, at its face value that it is an actual ape creature. McCamey had sent the video to Bigfoot evidence without requesting anything in return. Now, why would someone take all of his time, effort, and risk exposure as a hoax just to give the video away? McCamey had reportedly stated that he's not likely to go looking for the thing again and that his friend has been so shaken by the experience he won't even talk about it. Joe Nickel, a name we will hear again and again in this podcast because of his work debunking cryptic sightings, is an American skeptic and investigator of the paranormal. He has studied an abundance of the Florida hairy man encounters. On a trip to the state's panhandle region in October of 2011, Joe Nickel of Skeptical Briefs was able to begin investigating the various legends and sightings. First, he underwent an excursion into the remote Tate's Hell Wilderness area and part of the night in Apacachola National Forest performing some field research regarding the environment. Second, he performed research trips to Florida's Wildlife Commission offices and the State Library and Archives of Florida in Tallahassee, making this the most scientific research project into the existence of the skunk ape. He selected from a Bigfoot database of over a thousand reports dated 1818 to 1980. 42 of the entries were for Florida, which I find completely amazing that there have not only been over a thousand Bigfoot sightings, but 42 of them were just on the Florida Skunk Ape. The Bigfoot Researchers Organization provides an online database of hundreds of eyewitness accounts you can view online or submit your own encounter. Not only did he research the database, but he also added 35 more from another such collection of eyewitness accounts for a total of 75 case studies. Joe Nickel concluded that the majority of the reports may represent misidentification sightings of the black bear, Ursus Americanus. He reasoned that the black bear is the right size and color with examples seen in the same reported areas as skunk apes. The black bear is typically covered with shiny black fur and has a tan or grizzled snout, but it can also be other colors, including cinnamon and even white. A large bear can stand seven feet tall, weighing in the range of 200 to 580 pounds, with dangling arms as described in skunk ape encounters. It has a big head, large shiny eyes, no neck, as is said of the skunk ape, and rounded shoulders. Eyewitnesses, however, usually declare that they know what a bear looks like and what they saw was not a bear. Exactly. If you live in Florida, you know what a bear looks like. True. I mean, they're all over the place. The United States National Park considers the skunk ape to be a hoax, and, but currently there's no evidence or declarations of a prankster ever been forthcoming. Experts usually view most of the photographs and videos as being fake, 
but all of them leave room as to their authenticity. This leads us to theories of what it might actually be. Now there is an escaped great ape theory that has persisted through the decades and Central Florida does have its share of actual primate facilities within reach of the sightings. Primate Products Incorporated is a company that has everything you need for your primates. Their Imokokoli location is home to a facility that breeds several species of macaque monkeys with a total capacity of about 1,500. However, there have been no reports of any escaped monkeys and macaques are far too small to be mistaken for an 8 foot tall hairy hominoid. A second research organization called the Mannheimer Foundation runs a satellite facility about an hour north. Right on the outskirts of the Everglades. <clears throat> on the outskirts of the Everglades. It houses a reported 5,000 macaques and baboons. An eccentric inventor who had had a large collection of his own chimpanzees and monkeys named Hans Mannheimer had founded the foundation in New Jersey shortly before his death. He had moved his collection of apes to Homestead, Florida, and upon his death in 1973, his fortune was left to a trust that would fund his foundation and facilities. Now again, however, most of his collection has died off, leaving only the macaques and baboons at the facility. Both of these animals are still just too small. The third and best opportunity for the escape great ape theory lies in Wachula, Florida, just southwest of Orlando, and is at the Center for Great Apes. This center is a charity organization that takes in retired apes that were all raised in captivity by humans. The apes all lack the basic survival skills that would have been taught to them by their chimpanzee or orangutan mothers in the wild, so this kind of forces them to have a lifetime care at the facility. The facility does house chimpanzees and orangutans, but these are all elderly primates that could never survive in the wild, and therefore impossible to exist as a skunk ape. One bit of trivia, however, is that Bubbles, the famous chimpanzee companion of Michael Jackson, is actually housed at the facility, and not a skunk ape. Preserve Public Affairs Officer has reported seeing escaped primates in Big Cypress several times likely the result of people releasing unwanted exotic pets into the wild. And in one case, the damage wrought by Hurricane Andrew in the breeding facility in Miami in 1992. That's the one you were talking about. Yes. But that was a breeding facility in Miami done yeah. caused by Hurricane Andrew. Well, we're talking more in... That's Yeah, but it, it would take a while for it to get there. It was 1997. That's three years. So it took I mean, five took, years. It took three years to get from point A to point B. Oh yeah. All right. There are several confirmed wild self-sustaining monkey populations statewide, including one in Naples, about a 45-minute drive west of Sheely's property, and a large group in Silver Springs that descended from a couple of Reese's that were imported and released it by a tour operator in the 1930s. They're all little monkeys though. Yes, these are little monkeys, but they are, you know, they, they, they do show proof that there are wild monkeys in Florida. In 2012, a Reese's macaque was captured more than 100 miles away in Tampa. So these guys can travel and can migrate across the Florida wetlands. Admittedly, it's pretty unlikely to mistake a monkey for a skunk ape. Macaques and baboons are generally only about two to three feet tall, 
but the howling vocalizations of the primates from these facilities could play into the noises heard late at night and attributed to this call of the skunk ape. Final opinions, Goldie Ann? Right. I don't know. After going through everything, it could be an escaped ape or it could be a skunk ape. I mean, those videos, that last video is just really, really good. So I'm kind of on the fence. I, I really don't know what to believe at this point. I was convinced it was an ape in the beginning, but after going through all the evidence, I, I can't tell you. Though I would find it very hard to believe a creature the size of a skunk ape has not left any real forensic evidence, it does make for an awesome collection of stories that just maybe there is something in the woods that we don't know about. In conclusion, the Florida Everglades has been the center of many legends, whether they are the sand or mangrove giants spoken of as part of the oral tradition of the Native Americans, or the shaky videos of the smelly skunk ape of modern times. With an area that enables a creature or a small cluster of such creatures to easily disappear, it might never be proven that the Everglades is home to the skunk ape. Well, time to give the skunk ape a proper bath, so I suppose it's time to make our way back out of the mist and bring this episode to a close. Oh dear. Special thanks to bensound.com for the introduction music, and we hope you enjoyed our stories about the Florida skunk ape, and we'll come back again for another episode. Be sure to subscribe through your favorite podcast provider for next week. Make sure you spread the word to your friends who would enjoy listening to our tales about cryptids, ghosts, and other things that go bump in the night. Two friends can tell two friends, and they can tell two friends, and so forth and so on. But until then, we hope you make your way out of the mist safely and perhaps a bit more curious.